Continuing with our somewhat negative point of view on life and the world in general, welcome to the Grumpy Podcast. This is your captain speaking. Tinfoil hats must be worn at all times. This is Captain Martin Long, and there's a message here that I'm supposed to approve of or something. Kind of like a boy who's dating my daughter or some crap like that. How about y'all just get down and give me 50? Nah, give me infinity. All our foreign listeners are like, what is going on? (laughs) Uh, What else have we got? Oh, Guild Wars. There we go. Yeah. Yeah, let's talk about some Guild Wars. I heard are going to become a playable race. Ugh. I heard there'll be a use for Imperial Fragments. I heard that Zomaris doesn't even like Precursors. I heard that the legendary armor is going to be made out of glint. I heard Queen Jenna doesn't wear shoes because she's allergic to people with souls. I heard that some Silvari athletes use Miracle Grow. Hey man, just listen up. And I can take anybody in the place. See, this is why we need a cohesive plan. People just wander in here and get attacked. No one's arguing about the need for a plan. Your plan is just stupid and won't work. None have no need of Y'all are silky boys. Silk comes from the butts of Chinese worms. Don't be such a bokeh. What is this? What is this? What is this? Speculator's Corner? No, no, no! This is Zerker's only pain gear, please. Um... Can you repeat the part of the stuff where you said all about the things? Your crawl impression is really coming along. Nation, it's time to talk about fiscal responsibility in virtual worlds. I am practically giving things away. No one has deals like I do. No beast, no man, no god. I am literally killing the competition. My slaughter will flood this marketplace in an ocean of bloody bargains. Greetings. Buy or die. Get mad, people. Why are we asking Evie about crafting? He's not dumb. The butt capes are there because they want to make capes, but they can't, so they keep making these butt capes. If you give us real capes, then they'll stop making butt capes, maybe. Or maybe someone just really likes butt capes, like they're like, Mmm, butt capes, I'm gonna draw more art of those and then put them in the game. Butt cape, butt cape, butt cape, butt capes. Mmm, butt cape. Maybe someone has a butt cape fetish. Yeah, that's right, I'm going with that theory. (laughs) Surprise, surprise. I would. I would just be like, butt cape. I know, that was an amazing intro. It was like the best intro we have had in months. No thanks necessary. Some coins would be nice, though. Hello and welcome to episode 171 of Relics of Ore. I am your host, Grybach, and joining me this evening is my lovely co-host, Spirit. How are you doing, Spirit? Hello! I am uh, closing my window because there's a motorcycle that parade that's just started. <laughs> Excellent. Yes, it's been a couple weeks since we've done one. Uh, Real-life things, especially relating to holidays and all that jazz, have uh, impeded our normal scheduled content, but... I feel like that's okay. It's okay to take a break for the Winter's Day cheer, so we're sort of consolidating multiple episodes slash concepts all into one co-cast, although unfortunately 
once again, because of holidays, it's just going to be the two of us. But that's okay. It should be a very merry Winter's Day podcast. I have my my Winter's Day mug, which I bought for one doll hair at the Walmart, and it's been my stalwart companion through many, many, many Relics of War episodes and years. Powerful. I am working on my real-life Winter's Day drinks achievement uh, as we do this podcast. Um, <laughs> gosh, wow, yeah, it's been it's been almost a month, hasn't it? Yeah, I've, I've, uh, I'm sad we, like, there's a whole lot to talk about because we haven't, but so much has been going on that podcasting kind of took a backseat. We missed you guys too. I miss doing this. Yeah, for sure. No, I, I definitely missed uh, getting to talk about some things. Um, do you want to just like talk about Winner's Day? I feel like that's sort of the most current slash, you know, prevailing thing to be talking about right now. Um, a lot of the other stuff kind of has faded and it's sort of fresh going on right now. Okay. What's cool about Winter's Day? Garbach? Hmm? Oh, I see. You're just throwing it right back at me, huh? Um, yeah. Well, it's uh, it's similar to last year's Winter's Day, which is to say taking place entirely in Divinity's Reach, um, which, I mean, we remarked that it was a little bit sad because LA is always so cool to get sort of like prettied up for the festivals, and Divinity's Reach, it's only that one spoke of the wheel or whatever. But, you know, from a getting stuff done perspective and considering they just released Hot and also had uh, Halloween back to back with that, it's, you know, I can't blame them too much. But uh, so so mostly mostly the same stuff as last year, uh, which is always fun. Uh, some new some new gem store skins, um, which we can talk about in a few minutes. And also, <clears throat> excuse me, um, also, some new shoulder skins akin to the Night Fury. Uh, I think people are lovingly calling them Snow Fury. Mm-hmm. Um, which is interesting. We can definitely talk about that a little bit as well. The The usual activities have reappeared in the choir, uh, the choir bells, the snowball fight PvP thing, the jumping puzzle, uh, and Tix's... The two ticks things. I don't remember exactly what they're called. The something or other and the something or other. <laughs> Help me out here, spirit. The ticks is... Wait, which things? The, the like, um, the one where you do sort of a tower defense type thing, and then the Toy-pocalypse. other one... Toypocalypse. There's Toypocalypse, and then there's Tix's... Infinerarium. Yeah, exactly. That thing. But they both take place, like, in the same map, basically. They're both in the, like, faux the faux like dollhouse-esque city thingy you know what i'm talking about yes and destroy all the buildings and stuff which is my favorite part of winter's day that's the first thing i do every year <laughs> get my staff guardian and go wham 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 yeah i actually haven't gotten a chance to to go back and do that one yet i've done a bunch of the other winter's day stuff but that one uh that one i haven't gotten around to yet um but yeah have you have you been partaking in the the winter's day festivities um Sort of on and off, my motivation has gone kind of up and down with it, because I've just been doing a lot of other stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, I've done... I had to do my, my annual bell choir, but that's kind of a bummer, because all the songs are the same, and it doesn't, like... It's not... If you've done it twice, you've done it, like, as many times as you ever need to. Yeah, and I, I enjoyed going for, like... I wanted to get a perfect score, because I really... Like, I was good at bell choir, and I was like, really close, like, within, a, within, like, one or two missed notes away from getting a perfect score. That was before I moved to New Zealand. Turns out latency, not so friendly to the uh, bell choir. 
So I've kind of given up on that goal. And it's just kind of, there's a lot of downtime in that activity. So Yeah, there really is. Especially, especially with some of the server issues that seem to be happening with putting people into instances that are just about to close, which is kind of frustrating. Yeah. Yeah, I don't mind it so much because it's nice that I get to get in the new, like in the new one and do it all the way through. Well, but, if it loads um, you into the new one. I've actually had ones where it put me into a closing one and then failed to join the next one. Oh, no. It's like a double whammy. Yeah, I've not run into any, um, really any of the server problems people have been talking about this year. Well, that's good. But, uh, yeah, I've done my bell choir. Um, I've done the jumping puzzle, and I was pleased to see that my muscle memory was good with that one, and it only took me maybe two or three failed tries before I made it across, and then I did it three times in a row, and I was like, well, I'm done for the year. Yeah, that's about exactly what happened with me, too. Yeah, took me took me a couple tries. It seems like the the um, the jumping puzzle is one of the better ways of farming presents this year. Mm-hmm. So I've been uh, not extremely hitting it, but uh, my significant other has been min-maxing it. Has been hitting <laughs> it of, every day. Yeah, yeah he'll be in there for it. two... <laughs> Your words, not mine. Every day, as hard as He's you can. Been- <laughs> He's been in the jumping puzzle for two or three rounds. I mean, they're half an hour rounds, so I'll go for two or three rounds in a row. And <laughs> That's a lot of stamina. <laughs> I'm sorry, Christian. He's gonna um, have to listen to this, and he's just gonna roll his eyes. It's going to be um, fantastic. This is what you get with a juice cast is like, I <laughs> normally I might be quiet about that, but nope. Not today. So yeah, farming the Winter's Day puzzle, and I've done Tixie's <laughs> Infinerarium a couple times, and I haven't done smo- <laughs> Snowball Mayhem yet. I've been meaning to, but I just haven't gotten around to it. That's the, the PvP one. Yeah, I did it uh, enough for the achievement, and it was kind of an exercise in frustration, which, I mean, I think most people... it It's fun, but it's one of those things where there's lots of people that clearly either don't know how to do it or don't care, and, like, you see a present spawn, and there's just, like, t- like everybody is just fighting, like, 40 feet from it, completely not paying attention to it, and you're just sitting there like, guys... Guys, get the get the present. Come on. <laughs> um literally the entire point of this thing. Uh but yeah, I mean, you know, it it seems like kind of a crapshoot in terms of uh winning it, but you know, whatever. Uh I got I got my 3 wins. You know, I had about a 50-50 win rate, so um still fun though. Still fun activity. But speaking of present farming, so the main the main I guess impetus for people to be grinding this content if they don't just love winter's day is you know these these aforementioned snow fury air quote shoulders that give you a really cool particle effect of snow like a snow flurry around you like olaf from frozen at the end of the movie they are mostly reasonable i think a lot of people looked at the achievements that you had to do and went oh that's like totally doable on like night fury that's like well within my means and then they didn't read the last part that was drink ten thousand winter's day drinks um which currently they're going for like what seven silver right now a pop yep yeah so do some quick math uh carry the one (laughs) i don't know the answer is it's a lot um, 70,000, so, like, that's, like, 700 gold, right? Roughly, give or take? Something like that, yeah. So- something like that. Worth of drinks. Um, 
which is outrageous. It's yeah, I, it's it's disappointing because I think these are the types of items that are perfect for getting casual players reinterested in the game because they're a fun cosmetic item that you can only get during a certain time of the year. So they sort of reward you for you know specific guided play activities and they don't affect the game at all and you know i yeah but having a cost that's that extremely prohibitively high is frustrating to anyone who actually wants that skin so eh, it's it's sad i've pretty much just given up on it because i already spent all my time and money on the bats so sad times a little bit sad in the winter's day year yeah me and my uh one of my friends logged in. She hasn't been on for a while and we were like, "Yeah, we're going to we're going to do Mission Magic Snow and get these shoulders and just kind of looked at what we needed and were a little bit crushed." Yeah, it's rough. Like, yeah, I don't know. Um we'll we'll see if the price is lower as the event goes on as more people give up and then just go to selling it because it is a decent way to make money, but um yeah, it's again, the costs seem they feel almost like you're paying for a legendary like they're they're higher than like half of the precursors to get a shoulder piece you know what i mean yeah like it's uh it's a little crazy um yeah i hadn't thought of it that way but yeah that is really not nice i mean well if you were going off of the current market prices and i didn't pay this directly because i did Black's farming on 10 characters on both my wife's account and my own, so I didn't buy a lot of the materials. But had I sold them, the opportunity cost on Night Fury was literally like 2,000 gold, which is a full legendary, basically. Mm-hmm. So, you know, that, that doesn't... It doesn't make me feel good as an owner of Night Fury to be like, this is worth so much gold. Like, I got them because they look cool and they work for my Necro, but like, I... I consider myself to effectively have four legendaries now because of those stupid bat wings. <laughs> like, yeah. But anyway. Congrats on your new legendary. Exactly, right? Um, but other than that, it's uh, it, it's a fun event, right? Like it's it's cute. Uh it's it's fun to like see everybody all dressed up and to throw snowballs at people and there's new Oh, actually, why don't you talk about this? Um there's new guild decorations related to Winter's Day and I don't know anything about them because I'm not involved in guild decorating or scribing at all. Okay. Um yeah, there's some guild decorations that you can get if you have a scribe in your guild that's above level 75 and some of them are higher. I think it's like 375, it's 350 maybe for the Christmas tree. We don't have a scribe in our guild that is above level 50 except we kind of do because there is a i don't want to call the person out by name in case they get like gary mails or something but you know who you are um a very nice listener came into our guild hall and left us a winter's tree winter's day tree and a snowmaker can um, you go can you go by the, the first name without the full rest of the name yeah i guess shout out to neo who is being super awesome and dropped stuff off in our guild hall and made my heart melt a little bit like a lot bit actually truth be told truth be told it's very sweet very nice um we really appreciate it and i believe uh this person sent us an email too which we will read during cast cast is that that's correct right uh they sent me a mail in game which i guess i can read i just have to reopen my game oh well i assumed that's i yes but that's the one that you read to me earlier, right? Yes. Yeah. I think that's deserving of a cast cast. Later. Indeed. Excellent. 
Um, yeah, so new new decorations, which is nice. Uh, do you know how expensive they are, aside from the crafting, the scribe cost, rather? Um, so if, provided you had a leveled scribe, provided you have a leveled guild hall, because you need decoration vendor at least two to get the, the Winter's Day tree and the wreaths, I don't know about the lights, but I presume they use the candles, because that's kind of the base crafting material for um, just any kind of light source. You need decoration vendor three, which means you have to have like a minimum level of like guild level 30-ish, and then also have the decoration vendors, which are extremely expensive in flax and sand. Um, so if you had those, the decorations themselves aren't exorbitant. Like, they... I had, I was making a spreadsheet of what we needed for a Winter's Day tree because it needs a lot of different materials, and so many materials are upgraded into different materials, and the crafting process of scribing anything just takes so many steps. But the actual materials that went into it were fairly reasonable. It was like 18 linseed oil for a tree, and then 500 sand, um, like 10 of each dye pigment, um maybe like three gold in things you had to buy off the vendor and uh yeah you had to buy a couple like um tree or shrub decorations or something um all up i think i figured out it would cost like 50 gold for a tree which Which is a very nice donation yeah 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 um what was i gonna say oh which yeah sounds like a lot but in terms of other like high-end scribing things is fairly reasonable, especially because even though some of the materials are more expensive right now, kind of due to the way the market is all over the place and flax and sand are just kind of, you know, in such high demand right now. Yeah. That's all fairly reasonably easy, easily gathered by a person over the course of maybe like a week or so. Um, or, you know, if you're really working on it or, you know, a a few guild members in a couple days really easily. So uh, yeah, again, it's like, like, (laughs) I don't want to compare our Winter's Day tree to Night Fury, but like Night Fury, the opportunity cost is high and, but actually doing it wouldn't be so bad. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, I do love that they came out with seasonal, like seasonal based decorations. I think that's really a cute idea. Um, just in general. I mean, I think... Oh, yeah! Oh, no, 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 this is really important. Like, on a number of levels. Um, you can get snow piles for 100 flawless snowflakes in your guild hall, and that'll be for the duration of Winter's Day, which goes until January 12th. Um, you can upgrade tiny snowflakes into... Like, you can upgrade them all the way up now by, um, double-clicking on them, or you can take them to a vendor in Divinity's Reach who does them, uh, 50 at a time upgrades them. And these snow piles people have been using in conjunction with a recent patch change that lets you stack pretty much infinitely decorations on top of each other. It seems to be a little bit fidgety in terms of there can only be so many decorations per square unit in the guild hall, but as long as you're spreading them out, you can kind of build eternal spiral staircases of snow piles. For cheap, like relatively cheap. Yeah. Yeah, they're um they're the pumpkins of Winter's Day, and every every guild leader should know how important pumpkins are to decorating your guild hall. One because it's the only decoration we can afford, but two because we got so many of them that uh we actually named our guild tavern pumpkins because it was just littered in pumpkins. 
<laughs> yeah, I remember seeing the poll for that. I didn't remember which one actually won. Yeah, pub- Pumpkins beat out Wet Bus Ticket by, like, one vote. It was very close, very intense. Yeah, uh, also on the topic of Winter's Day and uh, aesthetic customization, there's a new outfit, which is nice, and yeah. a snowflake glider, which I know some people are not very impressed with, but I think it's cute, and I think it's fun, and I don't care. And uh, I wanted to make a shout-out to the Anet Commerce team of approval that this was a set of items that you can buy either bundled or unbundled, which is nice because that was a sort of sore spot for some of the people in the community lately that everything you had to buy in a bundle. And as a testament to how that worked out nicely, I probably would not have paid for the full bundle, but Spirit did, and I bought them individually. So both of our needs were met, and so yay! That's exciting. Um but it's it's nice it's nice to go back to a more like uh you know modular approach to the gem store stuff so that's that's nice mm-hmm. some new cute new cute outfits new cute gliders and, whatever and 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 hairstyles oh yeah dude i totally forgot about that but i looked at a bunch of them when they came out um yeah there's some good ones are there some that like super excite you spirit sounds like uh actually no Oddly enough, I was really looking forward to it, and they're all, I think they're all very good. They're just either not fitting for my characters, or, uh, like, the current hair I have I like better. But I liked all of them. There wasn't anywhere I was like, oh, that's kind of a, like, the like the broccoli hair for Char. <laughs> but I just kind of rolled my eyes and went, not, not so impressed. Some of those Asura ones look friggin' ridiculous. Like, I don't know what... There's a super luscious curly head of hair for Asura now. <laughs> yeah, that no, makes that's, me really happy. I mean, that's one of the ones that looks super ridiculous to me, just because I don't think of Asura as being like like. Uh, I mean, they had hair, but their hair looked kind of like like strands of a mop, in that it was kind of <laughs> uh, I don't know how to describe it, like kind of bristly almost. Whereas this is super. I don't know why, because it's not uh, yeah. it's not Lord Farron's hairstyle. But as soon as I saw that, I was like, "Man, that reminds me of Lord Farron." And I can't like just like the 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 fact that when you see an Asura with it, it looks like they should kind of like be glittering in the sunlight and like flipping their hair back. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. That's what I associated with it for reasons unknown. Uh yeah, no. I mean, it's uh, it's pretty funny. No, but they they had some they had some really good hairstyles in it, which I was happy about. Um. And I'm probably going to be making another alt one of these days. I, For some reason, I got struck with a huge desire to make a Winter's Day-themed character, and I don't even know why, and I don't know if I'm going to actually get the snow shoulders to complete the look or not, but I, I don't know. For some reason, that's just inspired me lately, and uh, so, you know, I will probably use one of these new hairstyles because I can, but I don't think... I don't know, There were there's a new set of Black Lion skins too, right? The timekeeper yes, ones. Yes, the timekeeper ones. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty cool. Pretty cool. I was having a coughing fit, but yeah, actually, they they all have moving pieces. I think they have unique sound effects, and they have kind of a I don't want to say a sheen. I don't. I'm really bad at describing things, you guys. I don't know why I do podcasts. Um, but when you like when you turn them, they have different effects on them, and they are not the right gold to match most of my characters, but I do really like them. And I forgot what the follow-up thought was for that. Uh, Christian mentioned that they could practically be legendaries if they had footfalls, and I kind of agree. Actually, uh, that's something I want to talk about, but I'll talk about it later, so we can, we'll 
circle back to that later with a different topic. I am three juices in. I don't know what our segue was, so if you want to talk about that right now, that's cool. Or you can segue for me. The choice is yours. First of all, do we want to move on from Winter's Day stuff? Are we ready to go? Is it time? I I mean, I think there's not a ton more to say. Obviously, there's people that are upset by the costs of, of the shoulders but everybody that's been in the guild wars community knows what's up about winter's day you know there's there's only really so much we can say about it so uh, we're enjoying it we're enjoying the festive mood um but you know there's really not that much else to talk about so yes we can move on okay so i wanted to talk about raids a little bit because i've gotten my feet much more into raids that was a real <laughs> sentence than the last time we podcasted i guess that's true we both have, sort of. Yeah, so it's, it's been a few weeks now since we've um, started and gotten things a lot more, gotten a lot more practice, gotten a few kills. I've killed Veil Guardian twice, and you've also killed Veil Guardian, yeah? Once, which has been its own point of frustration that we've only killed it once. <laughs> yeah, but... um, I've had a couple, I've, I've had three chances to go up against Corsival. Because I picked up from a group that had just killed Veil Guardian. Two of the first ones were at, at points where we had been at Veil Guardian for a while, and we like we made it through the events between Veil Guardian and Gorsival, no problem. But then by the time we got to Gorsival, we had been at Veil Guardian for so long that we were just kind of tired. And because we can only raid once a week, at least with that group, they like we weren't doing well against Gorsival. We were learning, we were learning new mechanics. We didn't really know what was going on. We were still set up in our like our gear setup for Veil Guardian, and we we like kind of got it. I think we got him to maybe ninety percent the first two times we went up against him, just because we were fighting ourselves basically for attrition. Um, so one time we did get everyone together the next day um, after like having watched some videos and had it with fresh eyes. And after about two hours, we got him down to to fifty percent. And that's as far as I've gotten in the raid right now. Even though I want to get farther, like I've really got the I've really got the bug where I I want to beat it. Yeah, we. Yeah, I mean, you've been part of both Twit and RO, and in Twit, we've had some roster roster swi- bleh, roster switches several times, and you know the the roster that beat Vale Guardian is mostly intact, but not entirely, and so due to a like due to a couple different profession swap outs and comfort levels and role swaps we're just we're not getting it anymore and that's a really frustrating feeling to have gone from a group that could beat it to 80 percent the same group and not being able to beat it um mm-hmm. and so you know we beat veil guardian toward sort of towards the end of our rating time slot if you will and then we started the next event and just uh, well one of one of our members actually couldn't start the next event so we basically were just doing it a man down and so obviously that wasn't going anywhere and then there was a bug introduced to gorsival the week after that and we just it was just like well i mean i guess we're not going to do that but it didn't matter because we didn't beat veil guardian after that so it's been sort of it's been sort of an exercise in frustration for me but mm-hmm. on a personal level i think i i like the mechanics of veil guardian and I think that I understand them. I'm just dipping my toes into the tanking role now, which previously I was doing the Condi ranged DPS slash circles role, which if you do raids, that will make sense to you. But <laughs> um, 
So so now I'm doing a Condi tank, which I think I'm mostly fine with, but there's just some timing issues that I need to work out, but, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, though, I mean, I'm pretty confident in the raid. I think in in just the in just the ranged group, I do I'm doing enough damage and not dying and helping people res when we get into whoopsies situations that I feel my spot is earned, I guess. Yep. But yeah, it's hard. It's hard. It's hard to get the same yeah. group of people every week, and mm-hmm. the rewards to, for doing it multiple times in a week are terrible. And so there's a lot of people that, after doing it once in the week, just go, yeah, sorry, I just don't wanna. Yeah, I. for me, it's it's not the raid itself. Like The raid itself is, is tremendous fun, and I, I really do enjoy um, a lot of the time I spend in there, especially learning the, can- the mechanics and perfecting it. You know, as we as we said before, sort of the economy surrounding it, the, the having to get ascended gear, having to, um, you know, keep your consumables up, and the timers associated with that, and you know, the inevitability of you have to get ten people. Those ten people can't always be in the same spot at the same time, um, or you know, you read more than once a week. So every time the week resets, we have to down the first boss again before we can work on the second one. And, you know, someone's kid is sick and they have to get up every five minutes and somebody else, you know, they get up, someone has to go to the bathroom, someone wants to get water, you know, it's just the, it made me think of back to the original Guild War, or the, um, when, when we talked about party limits, um, at the start, before Guild Wars 2 came out and they were like, we're gonna have a five-man party limit, I was like, oh, that's so low, I'm not gonna be able to play with all my friends. And then kind of realizing that now I'm at a point where my mentality has shifted. And I'm like, five is the perfect number. Why would we ever do more? And like, I no, I understand why we do more. And I I do enjoy having that, like being able to take 10 people. But it, the organization of 10 people is not easy. And I mean, to be fair, the number of people that RO and Twit are trying to bring to bear to this are low enough that... Our problem is getting 10 competent people on a consistent schedule as opposed to other guilds, which is not leaving out people. Mm-hmm. Um, which, I mean, RO has that struggle some, too, from what I understand, but not to the extent of, like, major raiding guilds. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, there's there's definitely a monetary aspect and investment level that some of us of the, air quotes, core raiders have put in that we are not recouping in the slightest and also you brought up that point it really irritates me that food and preparation buffs or whatever they're called utility buffs don't add their time to some reasonable limit they just reset it when you reconsume it so when you've got a 30 minute buff and it's got five minutes left on it and then you consume another one it just sets it to 30 minutes instead of 35 like i can understand them not Mm -hmm. letting you stack it up to like five hours or something but it's super annoying when you have an eight minute fight and you have to refresh when you get down to five minutes because that effectively just cuts out like five minutes of every food buff. Yep. But but whatever. I don't want to. I don't want to like. I don't know. I don't. I I feel like there's a lot of negative stuff that we could get into on raids. There's a lot of positive also, but I feel like we kind of already talked about that on our first post raid episode. So I don't know how much more we want to talk about it other than just our general feelings. Um, well, I, I figured we could take it in the, we have a question from a listener today. Cause I asked, I asked oh, the robots for segue. audio. Yes. Yeah. I had, I asked, I asked, um, our guildies for some audio and one of them had to be out of town. So instead he left us with a question. 
So a lot of people have been talking about this point in time when the raid will go on farm. But without the traditional gear progression or level progressions of other MMOs, how do you guys actually picture the raid going on farm? Oh, uh, I was just going to say, I think there's sort of a couple sub-points in, in that, in the concept of being on farm versus having the highest tier of gear. First and foremost is that we may have the highest tier of gear, or not in some people's cases, but I would say very few people have multiple sets of ascended armor, or have enough to cover all of the possible roles that have sort of been introduced or encouraged in raiding now, because... Up until Heart of Thorns, it was Zerk or Go Home, right? And there are very few people that have a full set of Sinister or Vipers or Dire Condi gear in Ascended. Or perhaps some of the previously not used at all ones that had healing power for the healer class. And so I think the some of the motivation is that it will give you a lot more breadth of roles that you personally can take which will help you in future raids because who knows what kinds of stat sets are going to become sort of prevalent so i think there's a certain degree of that and just in general i mean if uh, if you want to gear alts i don't know very many people that have full ascended gear on multiple alts because it's so prohibitively expensive so at the very least you're going to be doing that so I think that's sort of the meaning of or or purpose of being on farm is that it gives you better shots at ascended loot tables and also it gives you the currency to explicitly buy them, even though I personally think that that currency is being way too stingily handed out for the difficulty of this content, but that's a whole separate issue. Um, so I think that's I think that's sort of the point of being on farm in Guild Wars 2 is that sort of the general Guild Wars 2 vibe of being able to have multiple characters and multiple builds on one character, and this is sort of just a way to enable that at the highest tier. So even though you need the highest tier of gear, you don't need the highest tier of gear on three different characters or four or three different builds. You probably only have it for one or two. So that would that would be my response. Yeah, I had... This is one of those things that I, like, we got the question earlier in the week, and I thought about it a lot, and I had a really good response to it, and then I just kind of blanked on it when the show rolled around. You know how that goes? <laughs> yeah, I... Like, you you sit there, you get, you you think about it in the shower, and you've been at it for, like, 15 minutes, and you're like, yeah, I know exactly what I'm gonna say, and then you go say it to the person, you're like, I've, what? I've never heard this before. That's, like, the reverse of what normally happens, which is when you get into a situation and you can't think of what to say, and then in the shower later, you go, man, I should have said that! <laughs> Anyway, I had some thoughts which I was going to much more eloquently tie to progression in Guild Wars 2 overall. Um, basically that once you've got a raid on farm, I think, well, first of all, I think a raid on farm looks like a regular group that has done it many, many times with maybe one or two people who haven't, because I don't know how long the groups that are very cohesive will be able to stay at it you know um but you have to have to have to have to at least in my opinion in my experience in raids so far have a very dedicated core group of people that are going to make that raid every week um for you to be able to get past this content at least um this wing as it is um but once you've i don't even know but what, what i was going to tie that to is 
Guild Wars 2's sense of progression is not in gear or levels so much as it is in skins. And I wanted to talk a little bit about how we're sort of like the the motivation to get a raid on farm is kind of weird, right? Because if you've got the gear you need, then it's all about skins. But and I think I think you'd agree with me on this and and people who've been playing for a long time, once you get that skin, it's really hard to get yourself to replace it. Yeah. Right? Like so so for those of us who have legendaries, um, you know, every once in a while you've got that character that you're like, oh well, the Bifrost doesn't really look good on my Necro of Doom and Gloom, so I'm gonna use a different staff. But for uh, the most part uh, Scythe skin. Um. <laughs> there's there's that skin I bet everyone has where they'll just never replace it because it's the perfect thing for their character. So in a game where you can only you know, fashion wars is the thing. They have to keep kind of upping the ante in terms of what a skin offers. And this is what I wanted to tie back to the the Black Lion kit. Because there's a really... Or the Black Lion skins, the Timekeeper skins. It's a really interesting sort of... Uh, they have to continually keep outdoing themselves in skins in order to get us to upgrade them. And more and more people are getting to a point where we have these skins that, you know, we're just probably not going to replace unless they somehow get a skin that is more niche perfect for that character at a price that they can justify getting it for. I don't know. I had a much better like train of thought earlier in the week, guys, but I it's just totally gone now. No, no, I totally feel you because that's I mean to be honest, that's almost sort of an anti-incentive for me to do certain types of ex- extremely hard content is or or grinding or even buying new skins is that I tailor certain looks for certain characters, and it goes everything from their physical appearance through uh, kits, you know, the the makeover kits slash character creation, depending on what things I chose. Their back piece, especially if their back piece is a fairly rare one, like the ascended spinal back pieces, or um, I mean, rare in a certain sense, the Mad King Thorns Mad Memoirs Flaming Book that I still have on my Necro, um, and I sort of build it around these sets of skins, some of them rare, some of them not, but the things that I think go together well and sort of match their persona or their archetype. And once I get it set, it is very rare that I change them. And usually the way that I change them is if I am making an alternate build, like gear set, um, then it's like, well, this gear set is free to have its own look, you know? And I recently changed my Necromancer's Condi set to something completely different for the first time literally in two years. Um, Because I liked how she looked. Like, that was, like, I had that set, and I worked to get it. And sure, I could have replaced it, but it would have required such a huge overhaul of so many of the pieces of it that it just wasn't, wasn't worth it to me in that aesthetic sense. And even though I have, you know... 10, 11, I don't even remember, 10, 11, 12, 80s. There's uh, an alt is sort of the main way that I redo skin content. And so it, yeah, it's a very weird place. And part of it is because of inventory and skin management. Like it costs you money every time you change your skins. Um, So it's like, well, I have that monetary disincentive from changing my skins too willy nilly. And I have the inventory disincentive from I'm not going to carry two sets of the same stats that have different looks because I don't have the inventory space for that. Like, it's already a nightmare. 
So yeah, it, it's it's a very weird and interesting place to think about. But that also brings up the point. The one thing that raids do have going for them for uniqueness in terms of rewards, and we don't know the ultimate way this is going to play out, is legendary armor. We don't know what legendary armor is going to look like, but effectively, as far as we know, the only way to get it is through raiding. And so that is another aspect that I neglected to mention about being on farm is depending on how hard these things are or what the requirements or if they have achievements associated with doing certain things a certain number of times or in certain ways or there's all there's all sorts of things that you could require to obtain things using the collection system. So that's another thing that may gain relevance with being quote unquote on farm with raids is is how much people like legendary armor and how useful it is and how hard it is to get and how much farming of the same raids you have to do to get it yeah um that's something i can speak to a little bit more now that we've killed a few bosses when every time you down a boss it's not guaranteed but there is a high chance to drop a legendary insight and just based on the way they like to make legendaries and the way the just sort of the way I envision that they're they're going to have legendary armor be crafted I am going to say minimum like this is this is my prediction there's nowhere like nobody take this 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 as gospel uh but I'm going to say minimum you're probably going to want 100 of those legendary insights that's my guess because you have to repeat I think they're going to expect you to have done each boss of the wing weekly for like quite a long period of time and also a month of doing it every day or oh no god because no, it's not daily it's weekly no, jesus you, yeah i don't think i don't think i'm gonna put a <laughs> counterpoint to that i don't think it's gonna be that many from the standpoint that they said that they want i believe they said that in their minds a full set of ascended armor will be about the amount of commitment as a single ascended weapon uh legendary I'm, armor I'm sorry, legendary. Yes, yeah, legendary. Right, okay. Legendary armor, legendary weapon. Full set of legendary yes. armor, one legendary weapon. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, those, yeah, I don't know, because I, I want to Because I hate you. the process of doing both of, <laughs> I, I, you know, whatever, they're the same thing. I want to agree with you, but after having to make 250 amalgamated gemstones for Nevermore, I'm really just sour about legendaries right now, and I, I... Um, I think I'm probably leaning towards worst possible <laughs> scenarios. The nightmare scenario. But, yeah. Well, but okay. So let's. What if it's what if it's legendary 2.0 rather than 1.0? Like leaning more towards that side. Like leaning more towards a Nevermore than a Bifrost. Would you still think oh. that it would take? Yeah, because they 40, well, 40 week. It would take an entire year of full raid clearing. Ooh, assuming maybe not you, that long. Assuming you got well, a drop from every single one. In my mind, because they're going to introduce more raids and more bosses per week, oh, that's true. at like at some point, it's not going to be that ludicrous. Like it's not going to be a year's worth of raiding. It's going to be you did these three raid weeks, and like the from my understanding, the guilds that have it on farm, um, you know, quote unquote on farm, since that's the topic, uh, they're completing the raid in about an hour and a half, the entire wing for one wing, sure, yeah. And so getting that, how many of those legendary insights per? one to three depending on how many they drop and it seems to be a very high drop rate like an 80 percent 90 percent drop rate and just occasionally it can drop something else okay. um so i mean yeah. having only beaten it once i only have anecdotal evidence yeah i mean i've got 
I've got two of them, but I I do a lot of reading about raids because it is something I'm very interested in. Sure. So I think, yeah, I think if there are three three raid wings that come out, each boss has three, you get nine legendary insights per week. It's about 10 weeks of raiding to get, you know, give or take 11, 10 or 11 weeks of raiding to get the 100. This is so arbitrary. <laughs> I just made up the 100 number and we're like trying to map it out. Well, but that was that was sort of my logic behind it. It just depends on how many pieces are going to be involved. Like, I I could see a much more, in my mind, a much more reasonable number would be like five per piece, because that fits in a lot of crafting trends. That's true. Like, when you think about, um, you know, it's like five crystalline dust, or five dowels to make a sigil. I mean, you know, like five seems to be a much more common crafting number. Five of a T6 mat to determine the stat type. Like, Yeah, I guess in my mind, um, instead of like, because we don't know how this works, but in my mind, um, because they're comparing it to a legendary weapon, um, in my mind, the crafting process works out so that you you craft a box of legendary gear. And so you, you can't just opt to craft, you know, a legendary chess piece or a legendary glove or whatever. Like, it all comes as one set at the end. And so you, hmm. you're doing these big investments like you would with a legendary, with these, these, these large amounts of materials, you know, 100 icy runestones the 250 amalgamated gemstones the stacks of t6 mats um and then once you have gathered all those things you get a box of armor instead of doing it piece by piece hmm. interesting this is also weirdly theoretical <laughs> this is just my like my understand not even my understanding because we know nothing about this you guys like we're pulling this out of our asses at this point because i was imagining it like having precursors you know like having six precursors that would be mostly raid right. drops or purchases or something. I don't know. I have no idea. Hmm. Either way, we really want to kill the raid bosses more. So that's a thing. Sure. Yeah, for sure. For sure. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Okay. Um, was there anything else we wanted to talk about about raids? Um, no news on new stuff. Like, I'm not. I'm not expecting any news about anything until the new year. But oh, we yeah, haven't heard sure. any really news about. Any new raids or anything? I haven't heard about any rare, you know, super special drops or anything. Other than the standard stuff, like, people are getting minis. Um, there's weapons you can get that are on the vendor. There oh, um, Viper's Trinkets, apparently a thing. Kind of, sort of. Like, Ascended Gear rarely drops from raid bosses that if you get it in the right stat or the right variation, you can choose new stats off of it. So Vipers, maybe. But, yeah, I don't know. I want here to be a little bit more standardized in terms of... That's a whole other story that you can't really get Vipers trinkets and you can only get Sinister. Like, if you want Condi uh, trinkets. Yeah, at least you can get the Sinister from Living World Season 2 achievements. Mm -hmm. Which, you know, is not... I actually kind of had fun doing that. Also, yeah. okay, so I want to add a segue that was in the show notes, or was not in the show notes, rather. But I do want to say I'm a little bit disappointed with Legendary Precursor Crafting, Legendary Journey, whatever, that it is less like the Luminescent Armor and more like just a metric buttload of gold. Mm -hmm. um, like, obviously, the like I, the parts where you go around and find ravens or like puke on statues or whatever, like those <laughs> things, like those things are great. Those things are cool. They're fun. I am impressed that they came up with all those different ideas. But I was just, I'm, I'm thinking I'm gonna write an article about it a little bit more. But 
I, having done the luminescent armor set, it was a lot of work, but I didn't feel like I was just wasting my time, and I didn't feel like, I didn't feel that frustration of blowing a ton of money. I mean, actually, I mean, you earn money while you're doing it, but it's something that a lot of people haven't done, and it takes a lot of work, which is what you would expect for a precursor, but it just seems self-defeating and pointless to have a precursor just cost you as much as as cost you more than just buying the precursor like you should just sell those pieces and then not do the rest of the journey <laughs> like you could just look it up on wikipedia and or on on guild wiki and say okay it's like a hundred deldramore steel or and like 50 50 wood whatever they're called spirit wood planks and mm-hmm. go like okay so if i just crafted those and sold those yep i'll just buy whatever i needed cool like, yeah, I so that's a little bit sad. I'm a little bit disappointed in that. And having having gone back and spent a lot of time in the Silver Waste in the past week trying to get the stupid legendary tormentor to spawn, um, which I'm not, I don't, I don't even want to talk about. Um, <laughs> I was reminded that I actually had a lot of fun doing the luminescent armor. So, mm-hmm. you know, yeah, I, I would add to that. Um, if you like the luminescent armor, the specialization ascended weapons are kind of the like a good similar step if you wanted to to go for those sort um, of the biggest sort problem of, with yeah. those is that they basically require all the masteries at mo- max level which is more or less of a burden for some depending on your mastery point situation that is true i i haven't run into and i've you know full disclosure i've kept my masteries now um I that was never a thing I ran into until very close to the end. I was kind of at like I needed four more, but I just hadn't done this one jumping puzzle, and there was a couple story achievements that I basically only had low hanging fruit left. Yeah. Um. So I didn't I didn't run into that, and so I understand for people if if definitely that could be a problem. But... It's, just, it's it's a weird place where it's like you won't be able to complete any of them, and then you'll very quickly be able to complete all of them. Like, yeah, because I like I can't complete any of them because I don't have maxed out Itzel or New Hall. Actually, I don't have maxed out anything except for gliding. I'm on like basically the t- the final or second from final on all of them except for gliding, and I don't have near enough the mastery points right now. And it, it wouldn't take too long for me to get quite a few more mastery points. I'm sure, especially going to Dragon Stand more, but uh. You know, I just I, I just realized that none of those collections are ever going to get done. So, I, like, I stopped working on them until I actually bothered to finish all my masteries. And so it's go- it's going to be weird going from, like, giving up because I literally can't do any of them to, like, I can just knock them out of the park, you know, once once I get them done. Like, because they're just not that hard. It's It's sort of weird. It's a sort of weird place to be. But overall, I do think the Legendary Collection, or the specialization collections are were, were a cool idea and a pretty cool implementation for the most part oh sorry i'm yawning a little bit um but anyway other than that that was raids and some random collection stuff uh so do we yeah. want to talk about fractals yes um the fractal update came through uh some friends and i had been saving all of our encryptions and champion chests for um the, the winter's day update because we we knew that a uh, fractal patch was going to be coming through before the end of the year, and um, I was very pleased with the amount of gold we got out of fractals. I opened about four hundred chests and I made about two hundred fifty gold. 
Um, we figured out nice. roughly. Yeah, we figured out roughly. Um, you know, this isn't isn't documented or anything. This isn't drop research. This is just between a, you know a few friends opening a couple hundred chests. Um, they fractal encryptions um, by our low estimate drop about forty silver a piece on average across a decent span of them. So if you're you're doing your dailies, all of your di- fractal dailies every day takes about I don't know maybe an hour to two hours depending on how hardcore your group is. Um, you're gonna make about ten gold. So that's it's uh, much better than it used to be. Yes. Um, the and I think it's also better than what dungeons used to be, like in terms of gold. But there's also a limit on them, so you can't just you can't just keep running. You can't just farm your face dailies. off for like eight hours. Right. You can't run every dungeon path. And get all the gold from there. But you can do these certain amount of fractals. You'll be done in a reasonable amount of time. And you'll get a decent amount of gold for it. Which is probably more gold per hour, I would guess, than doing dungeons formerly. Um, In terms of the stuff I want, um, I am after the gold fractal weapons. After opening 20 champion chests, I got no gold fractal weapons. I got no... um, tokens for the fractal weapons i'm really extremely displeased with that because now i've done you know a month and a half of fractals and got no progress on that but i got a decent amount of ascended gear i didn't get any more fractal weapons i don't know if the champion chest changed or not with the patch so i have to do some more after the patch to see if that balanced out but or you know if, if that's changed since the the ones i had stored up but Overall, gold seems okay. Drops, depending on what you're looking for, seem okay. Can there's tokens to get the fractal weapons now, unless you're going for the gold ones. I'm not. Yeah, I'm the the only disappointment I guess I have. I guess is that I'm not getting credit towards the things I want to be going for, but the stuff I'm getting along the way is sufficient that I don't really care that much. Yeah. Uh, I recently sort of dipped my toes back into the fractals because I heard that they fixed a lot of things. I ran into a few what I would consider pain points, uh, namely that without, because I didn't COF farm for a long time, I finally did, but I didn't for a long time, and without the mastery, you can't remove or uh, agony resistance from gear, which really frustrates me, um, and so I had agony resistance on two characters, but not enough on any one character, because I didn't use to have ascended armor or weapons, and so... Um, that sort of stuck me in a low reward tier, uh, in general. And so finally I got that. And then I skyrocketed from literally 30 agony resist to 110 in about a week. Um, so it was sort of frustrating that you need a mastery to be able to do what I would consider a basic functionality that should have been included. And then the same thing with attuning. It's like maybe in their view, attuning equipment is like for the really high level hardcore fractalers that need that extra two slots but to mm-hmm. me it was like that way to get some <laughs> just to like get some base uh stuff because i don't have infused stuff and i have sort of always felt like agony was a sort of annoying mechanic like I, it's not a skill problem i can do high level fractals if i have the agony resist but i don't have the patience to just like sit there grinding for a long time just to get something for a sort of an arbitrary gate. Um, but, you know, whatever. I have a bunch now, and f- fortunately the agony infusions that you can buy on the trading post have come down a lot in price, and so between that and getting a whole bunch for rewards, I'm fairly well agonied up. Um, 
And yeah, the rewards have definitely been good. I got my literal first ever Ascended box ever um, last week. So that's good. Oh, wow. Oh, oh, yeah. Congrats. Didn't you know that? (laughs) Yeah, I heard it, but then I, I... You you told me yesterday, but now I've heard it again, and I just kind of caught up, and I was like, wow, that's some RNG. Yeah, sure is. Um, oh, also, another sort of pain point is that even though I have the agony to do literally up to the 70s of fractals, because I did them uh, two days ago, uh, I can't use the LFG tool to do 51 pluses because my reward level is not at 51 plus yet. And so I'm sort of stuck in this weird limbo in the 40s where people don't want to run them from like 45 up to 50 they, if they're doing the middle tier because those are, you know, not particularly desirable ones. And so my reward level is sort of stalled out unless I get in with a group that already the, of people that I know who can open a higher level one since I can't use an LFG to just join a higher level one that I'm fully capable of doing. Um, but who knows? I mean, I may be in a weird minority where I, where I have 110 Agni resistance and my personal reward level is 48. Um, <laughs> so whatever. But I do love that the chests that you get do not, like your reward level is so meaningless now other than what level you can open. Um, I kind of just wish they'd just do away with it at this point because it just seems arbitrary and pointless. But I do love that I don't get shafted on rewards if I go and do a seventy level 76 fractal, which is butts, by the way. Um, also, as a side note, they said that they sort of patched some of the scaling issues, but if this is the patched version, it's still a nightmare. Um, some of these some of these high level fractal like the the ice golem on the molten facility like that mofo took like 10 or 15 minutes straight of wailing on just him and it's like it's like it wasn't hard it was just super tedious Mm -hmm. um and have you have you done in the 70s spirit uh just a couple briefly with twit and i like had to go at the end of them so i i didn't like i wasn't totally focused on the fractal but they didn't seem awful I was there with you guys for the beginning of that, and then I didn't get to get all the way through it because I had to leave. Yeah, that was kind of a pain. Um, turns out arrow carts with every time you get hit, you get a random condition is uh, suck a lot. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but uh, anyway, I think they've done a really good job with the fractals. I, I really like the daily reward structure that they've moved it towards. And with some of these tools on the masteries, I think that they've made it a lot more convenient to upgrade your mass or upgrade your agony resist and not just feel like you're just wasting it by having to overwrite it or just have it be you know stuck in limbo so yeah yeah instantly uh i don't know if it's just us like for the mastery people like people who have been um you know playing the game for a long time and aren't really motivated to get their masteries i'd be interested to hear from people if you ever want to write us a letter um, I'd be interested to hear about people who've started the game more recently, like after Masters have come out, and whether you feel like they're a burden to you, or because you're doing so many other things in the game, you're getting them fast enough that you don't really care about it. Because I feel like the the not having Masters thing is kind of a also also part of us, you know, having done so many things. And if you were you're pl- if you were playing the game normally. As a player who's just come in, you probably would have quite a bit of experience to get those masteries. So I'm curious, like, what it would be like for those kind of players. Because I just don't know very many of them. 
Yeah. Because, I mean, it, I think for us it feels a little bit awkward because I would say it's probably not outside the realm of, of realism that I have earned a literal billion experience. <laughs> yeah. Like, at level 80. Um, that it just feels kind of annoying to be told, like, well... Why don't you just go earn another hundred million to get some of these things that feel like they should be sort of basic features? Um, some of them, I, I, I have a really hard time quantifying the things that I think should just be automatic and the things that are fine to be behind a mastery because I can't find any rhyme or reason behind it. There's certain things that I don't care about and there's certain things that really annoy me. Like, even though that you would think they'd be the same thing, it doesn't really bother me that you can't buy from like certain vendors in the jungle until you have masteries associated with their races but it does bother me that you can't buy from a fractal vendor that gives you an extractor <laughs> even though they're both like mm. the exact same thing one of those really irritates me and one of them doesn't um and there there's a few there's a few things like that that I just like auto loot um it really bothers me that <laughs> that is literally a checkbox that is gated by a mastery um and yeah, it it would be, I agree. It would be interesting to hear from a newer player who it's their first million or a couple million experience past 80. And they're like, oh, you know, if, if to them, they're getting all this, all these things and being excited about them. Whereas to us, mm-hmm. we've done it so much and so many times that the prospect of doing it more just to get these things seems a little bit frustrating, but. Right. Yeah. I, I mean, for me, like I imagine, you know, think of your, your first character, you know, you're probably doing world completion kind of to get it leveled up. Mm-hmm. And then how many zones you still had to go after hitting 80 that you would have gotten all that experience towards your masteries. Oh, um, for sure. Yeah. So like that to me makes it it seem like just it's just the veterans who are just kind of in an awkward place there. But I'm curious. So if you want to write us, let us know. So do we want to move on to our sort of... uh uh, fun, fun topic that we added to the sort of bottom of the show notes here. Yes. Do you want to lead it off, or should I do the intro for it? Uh, you go ahead. Okay. So, a little bit of fun air quotes uh, backstory. We were talking about doing a top uh, ten things from 2015, and we realized that we actually had a really hard time doing that because 2015 was pretty much hot, uh, but only for the last couple months and. If we talked about the top 10 things in hot, it would pretty much just be the last five episodes that we've put out. So <laughs> uh, so uh, we decided instead Spirit had the excellent inspiration to uh, do a top 10 things for 2016 that we would love to see or um, hope to see or speculate that we will see. All those types of things. Sort of a top top 10 wish list of however you want to take that. Um so I guess I will just lead off uh, my, I don't know if it's my number one, but the first one I wrote down, I am really excited for Living Story Season 3. I um, hope it's coming back uh, with a vengeance, and I think that Living Story was a really cool way to broach the gap between the base game and the expansion, and say what you will about timing windows or whatever, the storytelling mechanisms and things associated with it improved dramatically from the beginning to the end. And I honestly think Living Story Season 2 was a better story than Guild Wars 2's base story in a lot of ways. So I, I am, I'm actually really excited to see what we get as a follow-up to the aftermath of all the stuff that happened in Hot and presumably as a lead-in to whatever the inevitable expansion 2 is. So 
That's mm-hmm. my number one. We just did a top 10 list between the two of things, but probably the two of us even. But my probably top thing and the number two on our list is Raid Wing 2 and Future Raid Wings. I have tremendously enjoyed and sunk a tremendous amount of time into raids in the very short amount of time that they've been out. Um, and I'm looking forward to doing that more and in, in more varied situations and seeing how they kind of push this content forward. Um, it's already very good, but I think they could, you know, they, Arena Net loves the, loves the I word, the iteration. And I'm, I'm curious to see how that, how they keep pushing it forward and make things, uh, interesting and better for raiders. I also am, am quite excited to see what they do with, uh, Raid Wing 2 and beyond. Um, so, yeah. Uh, something that we both discussed in the vein of guild halls. Uh, we both loved a lot of the variety of guild halls in Guild Wars 1. And so I think it's safe to say we're probably not going to get another expansion in 2016. Um, so probably not any new land masses, but it would be great to have uh, another guild hall or two or three that are based out of uh, central or Corotirian locations. Um, we didn't really talk about any, but wouldn't it be awesome if you could have ones in like a, a custom wing of the orders or something? Oh yeah, I hadn't thought about that. I was thinking more along the lines of main cities because I know um, some relics of Norn would really enjoy a guild hall based out of Holbrook or you know similar or the nearby um, can... areas. Yeah, 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 um, that too. It maybe make like a fortress or a garrison for human ones and. Lodges for Norn, different labs for Asura. I mean, there's a lot of lot of different directions you could go with that, and I would love to see um, those kind of things come into the core game as well. Yeah, that'd be cool. You're up. Oh, yeah, it's my <laughs> turn. Uh, number four on our list: uh, Tyrians for Pity Parachute. My prediction is at some point Arena Net will hear my cry for the number of times that I've fallen to my death when I jump off something, assuming I'll have a glider. Which, incidentally, now that I'm playing Terra again, I've done once in that game. Not more than once, but I've already jumped off a cliff going, I can just glide. No. Um, so I'm hoping that <laughs> at some point, some way, they will in- introduce pity parachutes so that when we jump off an edge at the last second, a pity parachute will deploy that Face plants me into the ground, but keeps me from dying so that I don't embarrass myself thoroughly in the core game. <laughs> I mean, I'm all for that. Um, I I put in parentheses the good TPP, so you know, hopefully, <laughs> hopefully her pleas are here heard. Um, all right, number five on our list is an expansion announcement. I think most people think it's probably reasonable that we're not going to get an expansion within the new year, but I think it's reasonable to get an announcement for the next expansion to give us sort of a general idea of where things are going and a general timeline of, you know, when we're expecting to see it. And they can start teasing things. We sort of discussed some finer details about we'd love to see new masteries or specializations, but since we already talked about an expansion announcement and probably realizing that those things would come with an expansion, they could start teasing those. So you know, maybe a ritualist subclass for a necromancer or a, you know, um, Eevee's long-awaited rifle thief. Um, you know, who knows? Uh, there, there's plenty of plenty of directions they could go in with those things, uh, which they could talk about if they did an expansion announcement. So that would be, that would be exciting. So that's our number five. 
number six, new legendaries. Um, because despite griping about them for a large portion of this episode, we actually can't get enough of them, and we're kind of <laughs> slaves to making the swag wapums. You're not wrong. Also, just because in general, I didn't really need any of the uh, weapon types that we got for our first three this uh, in hot, because I already have both a scythe, which costs as much as a legendary, and a bifrost, so I really didn't need a third staff skin. Um, and yeah, axe and pistol are just weapons I rarely use, but I would love to see the direction that we're going for all the other weapon types. Also, do you, do we want to talk about our, our spoiler theory on greatswords? Uh, yes, with the full disclaimer that if you have not finished the Heart of Thorns story, you probably don't want to hear this. Tune out and I will give like, I don't know, tune out for a minute and you can figure it out. (laughs) (laughs) All right, this is the last warning. Okay, yeah. So uh, as soon as we, as soon as you finish Heart of Thorns, you get the remains of Traherne's sword, Kaladbalg, which just screams to me the start of a new precursor journey. So I would not be super surprised if the Great Sword is the reforged Kaladbalg. I don't know if that would be my favorite thing, just because aesthetically it's very similar to Silvari cultural weapons, but it would be a really cool lead-in, so I have to at least give them that. <sighs> anyway, um, and spoilers, I guess. I don't know how. I don't know how we're gonna edit that, but you know, we'll figure something out. Uh, yeah, I'll figure something out. I'm gonna. I'm. I'm gonna do some. I'm kind of excited because we we generally do people like I've I've been asked a few times like what's the difference between uh when you guys record and the edited show and the answer is virtually nothing. <laughs> yeah, pretty much <laughs> really. nothing. Almost nothing. <laughs> we do I, not we do are, editing. Dude, we are so lazy compared to the Guild Wars <laughs> 2 like, reporter ladies. Like, oh my god. Uh, Celeste put herself up editing on Twitch, and she did so much work. It astounded me. But anyway, back to back to what we were talking about. Number seven, uh, I put server infrastructure beefing up slash fixing. Example, no more DCs in the middles, middle of metas, please. Uh, it's been uh, a problem point for a lot of for a lot of things, especially in Heart of Thorns, revolving around these one to two hour long meta events, and people get really frustrated when they get DC'd in the middle, or especially when they get DC'd in the last five minutes of one, and then they just can't mm-hmm. get back into the same server, and they don't get the rewards that they've spent so long working on, and when the rewards are reloaded like they are. So I hope some work is done on that front. It's not a very sexy, exciting thing to be hoping for, but uh, gosh, every time it happens to you, it sure makes you <laughs> mad. Yeah, I guess I would add... Um, oh, here's a pro tip. If you get disconnected from a map in the middle of a meta event, um, I highly recommend that you find a person in a party, if you're, especially if you're worried about this, to rejoin. Because your participation is actually saved per IP. So if you get back into the same map, you can pick up where you left off. But if you don't, then you're kind of hosed. So my my wish list would be for participation persisting across IPs as long as you go to the same map. Um, and just kind of generally more um, bite-sized friendly content where you can easily jump in and out and you don't have to feel like you're you're missing out because you can't sit down at your computer for two hours straight. That's the magic of editing. But it's mm-hmm. not because you probably won't edit that out because it's funnier. Um, <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, you're up, though, for number eight, if you want to talk about it. Oh, that's me. Uh, number eight, 
build templates and or better gear management. Because uh, holy crap, managing, I actually have a very embarrassing story to tell and an apology to make to my guildmates. Because on Friday, I raided without Trinket because I put them on a different character that I was gearing up for raids. And I only have one set of Sinister Trinkets and five of them did not make their way back onto my Condi NG for the raid. Um, so in terms of like, I've already got all the Ascended gear I need now and I can switch it between my characters, but gosh, it would sure be much better if there was some easy way where I could just click on the UI and I my character would be set up for raiding as opposed to having to do uh, the bank shuffle. Yeah. Um, also, things like stat swapping on legendaries are only so useful if you need to change sigils, which most of the time when you stat swap, it's because you're going to a wholly different build. Um, you know, I mean, I've got... I've got a legendary greatsword and a legendary staff, and if I were on my necro, the staff would be for Condi, and if I were, and the the greatsword would be for power. So, but since they belong, air quotes, to my guardian, they are both power, and so the sigils uh, placed therein are not, would not be useful on my necromancer for the staff. Um, and those sigils and such can get pretty expensive if you have to swap them in and out. Uh, so I would love some sort of sigil unlocking solution in some way or another. That would be fantastic. Yeah, can I actually, I want to add the addendum. I have a very, not a super specific way, but a kind of specific way that I'd like them to go about this. I would like it that if I acquired a sigil or a stat set once and swap my ascendant gear to it i could switch them back and forth between the ones that i've already put into it forever onward that would be great yeah like pseudo legendary where you build up a stat at a time yes like if you build an ascendant gear set and you could just keep upgrading it forever and ever i would do that on all three of my ascendant sets no joke yeah, no kidding. I I would be all over that. Not that it would help me that much, because my two mains are light and heavy armor, so it's only going to help one of them. But it would still be really nice to be able to swap between the multiple flavors of condition damage, since, like, Carrion, Rabid, Dire, and Sinister, and Vipers all kind of have their own different niche roles. Uh, mm-hmm. Gosh, that would be nice. Uh, but anyway... Um, Number nine, uh, I put this one as well. Economic recalculations for guild slash festival shoulders slash whatever. I think that some of the numerical requirements of things are absurd for how much they cost. And I think I'm going to give ArenaNet the benefit of the doubt in one direction that I don't think they were expecting the market to make them cost as much as they do. So I... In my opinion, they probably thought that they would cost less, and then they base their numbers needed around that. And so I don't think they meant to make these things as unreasonable as they have turned out. Um, obviously, there's also some, with that assertion, there's also some implication that they just didn't have very good predictive models. But I would much rather assume that their predictive models were not as accurate as they hoped than that they in my opinion maliciously made these things so expensive that they are ludicrous um Mm -hmm. so i would love for some recalculations on some of those things including but not limited to guild hall upgrades guild hall decorations scribing leveling up nightwing uh or whatever snow 
Night Fury, Snow Fury, any future <laughs> Furies. Um, yeah, anyway. There's a lot of things like that I think would be deserving of some some retweaking. Uh, and I don't think anybody would complain. I think everybody would just be happy. Uh, even, the sh- even the schmoes like me that spent all that time slash opportunity cost on making the shoulders. I don't care if other people have bats that are affordable. Like, <laughs> that's fine. Uh, so that's 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 a more of a hope than necessarily an expectation. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I did not put this down, but I'm going to read you verbatim what Grybach wrote down. Uh, cosmetic scribing siege weaponry yaksbend represent no 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 in all caps. You heard a noise that was not no no no. Um, because did you? I'm going because to I don't that. censor those. <laughs> I'm going to this time. But yeah, I've, I'm looking forward to the uh, World v. World upgrades. Has the, Does it have a name yet that they're going to... They, they've said basically there's there's big World v. World changes coming, um, which I am very much looking forward to because my hope is that when the World v. World changes are finally in, the seasons will come back, and I really enjoyed those. I've enjoyed the, the events and the seasons in World v. World. It's, very, it's much easier for me to get into it um, when there's a, a shorter, more defined period of time in which my participation in World v. World matters. So I really hope that those come back in some semblance in 2016. But also, Grybach wants cosmetic scribing siege weaponry for reasons. Yeah, well, it all started because the uh, very generous person who gave the Christmas decoration because they had the 400 scribing uh, is from my alma mater, Yaxbend, and we are infamous for our World v. World mass siege deployment, and <laughs> uh, I think it would be great if we could have, like, catapults that launched, like, snowballs, and, you know, uh, or or uh, t- uh, toilet paper rolls, like, Halloween-themed. <gasps> Yeah, like the no. potential the potential is limitless. <laughs> yeah. Or or uh a jack o' lantern bombs. Like there's so many things I could come up with that would be so fantastic and would be one hundred percent aesthetic. I think it would be fabulous. Also it would give World v. World people like their own sort of economic like funsies crafting that would probably be worth a lot of money because people would totally pay to have a Mad King Thorn siege weapon like Mm-hmm. set uh or whatever so anyway um obviously that one is the most for fun answer that we came up with but uh, it'd sure be fun so. uh did you want to do uh cast cast yeah um oh man i feel like it's been so long and i feel like i should have something more climactic but i don't i don't so i'm just gonna i'm just gonna go for it uh, hello and welcome to cast cast the podcast within the podcast about the cast of other podcasts and stop cast for their podcasts this week on cast cast uh, the last cast cast of 2015, I think, unless like we do some emergency unless show. there's some disaster or <laughs> yeah. whatever, like um, shout out to Neo again for the Winter's Day tree. Oh, I was gonna read his mail. I've got this. I got this. I got this. Uh, Neo sent us a very nice un- uh mail that says, "Thanks for all you guys do." I wanted to say I love listening to the relics of our podcast. Y'all do a great job presenting helpful information and being very entertaining. Uh, the rest is just kind of a note to me because we're working things out. But I really appreciated that. It made me melt. I and this morning again when I logged in and saw the Winter's Day tree, I my heart grew three sizes because you know I'm such a Grinch, but it still managed to happen anyway. You got into the Christmas spirit. 
I yeah I, yeah <laughs> yeah. Um, but also in the Christmas spirit, Kit the Traveler has a website. She's been doing um, regular community events for for many many weeks now. She does basically fills the role as a player of Nicholas the Traveler in Guild Wars One. So she writes a she writes a short story thematically, and then has players send her different gifts or different um, items, and she exchanges them for for various gifts. And she does a tremendous amount of work in order to do this, um, both between writing the stories. Um, sometimes she gets people to record voiceovers for them, um, but also managing several giant guild banks full of things to give to people. Um, she's also got a website up now, and she's got very lovely Winter's Day coloring pages on there with quaggins jumping into presents and other things. Um, so that's something to go check out if you want a little bit more Winter's Day stuff. Uh, but in addition to that, if you are a Guild Wars 2 content creator, there's been a new subreddit um, that she is heading up at r slash Guild Wars 2 community. That's just kind of getting on its feet. But if you're a Guild Wars 2 content creator, I encourage you to poke her because she has been doing a lot in the last few weeks in terms of getting us together and getting the, the content creators in a much more collaborative um, environment. So that's something to look for. Also, Reddit Pro Tip, if left. you don't know this, you can combine two subreddits in your address slash favorites slash if you use Reddit Enhancement Suite, suite the shortcut. If you do slash r slash subreddit one and then a plus sign and then subreddit two. So you could do uh, slash r slash Guild Wars 2 plus Guild Wars 2 community and it would merge them into a combined feed. Um, so if you want to do that type of thing without having to open up two separate subreddit windows, you can. Little pro tip section at the end of CastCast. But I think that's it. I think I think uh, this is about a normal length episode. It's a little bit longer, but uh, there was sort of a period about 30 minutes in where I was thinking to myself, holy moly, it's only been 30 minutes. Oh, <laughs> wow. Um, but, you know, we found our way into the hour and a half mark. Uh, so... Uh, it's been a fun year, despite the fact that there hasn't been a lot of new Guild Wars 2 stuff to talk about until October, and then there's been a huge glut, and we've been unable to talk about every single thing that we wanted to. So hopefully we continue being able to talk about new and exciting things through the next year. Um, we might be having some host shuffle up or whatever, but at the very least, Spirit and I are here to stay, and I think, you know, I assume, uh, yeah, you know, we're we're still here. We're still going strong. And uh, we've had a pretty great year on the podcast. So mm -hmm. thanks for listening. Happy holidays to everybody. And just just uh, have a great rest of the year. Merry Winter's No, Merry Guildsmiths and Happy Winter's Day. <laughs> happy Winter's Day. Hey guys, Spirit here. Just wanted to remind you all that the Relics of War Guild is openly recruiting, and if you want to come hang out with us, I think we're pretty cool people. But if you don't want to take my word from it, here are some actual robots. Uh-oh, we're being recorded. Flee! Flee for your lives! We have a mumble, which we put to excellent use, talking about very important and productive things. <laughs> I do see Balthazar every once in a while at the actual flag swipe, and I'm like, what up, Balthazar? Sometimes Grenz shows up. Oh, you know. I've seen Lissa. <laughs> Every day I'm farming flax. It's a living. We do fractals, dungeons, and raids. Here in Relics of War, we carry a torch through three different fractals and name it Steve. We even PvP on occasion. Here at Relics, you can be the bad war any day. 
we do massive events and invite everyone in the community to join us. This is madness. No, this is Toypocalypse. You can make it work. We don't do much World v. World as a guild, but we are based on Northern Shiver Peaks, and we love the NSP community. If you don't like the high pressures of World vs. World and those overrated servers like Blackgate, come here. Northern Shiver Peaks, where it's quiet. No one can hear your scream. We do guild missions on a weekly basis. Relic the war. Climb mountains, beat up trolls, and take their last chunks. Our members have a very diverse range of skills and interests, and we're happy to teach new players to the game. Relics of War, where no man is left behind. Even, even the really silly people, like me. We've got a website at guild.relicsofor.com, which we also use for very productive and important conversation. I don't really know what's going on in here. <laughs> I just showed up. I have gotten that Karma Snow Globe as well. It does exist. Can you link it? I, I know I ate it. Cricket. Cricket. If you think you'd like to join the rowboat fleet, just send us a whisper in game at Relics of Or. That's Relics of O-R-R. And we'll see you soon. I'm just listening in for the laughs. And so should you. Anyway, we do this on the fly, and this is very juice-fueled. <laughs>